father's lightsaber. What? Lightsabers, precious? Star Wars Encyclopodcast, where Ryan and Joanna waste time on fictional wikis. I'm Santa Claus. Ho, 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 ho. Now, Santa, you do Santa, Santa. Yes. You do realize that restraining order is still in effect. Yes. the last time you were here, you sort of kidnapped Ryan. I put him in a big bag. Which you may not know is a felony. That is a felony charge. But it was pretty fun, you have to admit. I'm not sure why you were released on probation plus time served, but that restraining order is still very much in effect. I could have you thrown in a federal penitentiary right now. Well, I better get out before the fuzz arrives. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy Life Day. Do ho 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 ho. And he put his finger on the side of his nose and went right up the chimney in a really stupid-looking way. Right as the SWAT team burst through our windows, causing thousands of dollars of damage. The end. The end. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy Uh, holidays, guys. We got another holiday episode lined up for you. We got them all. These these beautiful, beautiful gifts wrapped under the tree. Um, You believe this is our third holiday episode? It is. Our third ever Christmas doing this podcast. And it's our second ever festive fanfic extravaganza. uh, A festival of all the best tales and, and filks and crap we found online a festival of the bestival that fan fiction has to offer based on the middle earth and star wars continuities we've got stories that are sappy we've got stories that are tragic we've got stories that are funny supposed to be yeah they're, they're we got stories that funny. are a little bit sexy I mean, just a little bit. For a given definition of the word sexy which is like a very very weird definition as you will see yeah um if you didn't remember last year's, you can go back and listen to it. We had some pretty great tales last year, including Mpreg and Obi-Wan falling down the icy stairs. And uh, uh, Sheev Palpatine breaking the sound burial while running around with Baby Thrawn. Uh, yeah, we had some really good stories uh, that may be better in retrospect compared to these. But um, No, I think there are some winners so, in here. Man, why, don't you, why don't you walk over to our tree over there? Why don't you, why don't you unwrap one of these, these tastefully wrapped packages? Okay, here I go. What's in here? It's a ginger man for Frodo. Just what he asked for. A ginger man for Frodo. Now, I should clarify, and I don't know if this is British English versus American English, but this is like a gingerbread man. Yeah. Like, Frodo is not being begifted like an a, orange a red-headed man. Boy. He is not being begifted like Hux from Star Wars. I see. Okay. Sure. Yeah, let's, um, let's hear about a ginger man... For Frodo. Now, this story is extremely sweet, extremely touching, and was extremely romantic. And it's going to touch everybody's heart. Okay, touch my heart now. All right, here we go. At the kitchen counter, Sam was kneading dough. Or trying to. It was an odd brown dough, and remnants of it clung to the cupboard, the countertop, Sam's shirt, a spoon, several baking utensils. In fact, it clung to everything it had touched. He sighed and leaned back to stare at his hands, which were also thickly coated with the tan, sticky dough. 
This here ginger man is harder to make than a real man. So hang on. Hang on. Now, pause, pause. Time now, out. Time yes, out. I figured you might bring me up on time that out, point. Now. Has Sam ever made a real man before? Sam has trampled in God's domain. Yes, he has tried to create a real man. Maybe that's what he, maybe that was the first ginger man he tried to create, an actual um, red-haired man. Um, that didn't work, so now he's trying to give his beloved Frodo a, a, a gingerbread man. Except it's even harder to make than the real man. Uh, okay. You can't make a real man unless humidity's rising, barometer's getting low. Okay. Basically, yeah. basically, unless the weather girls are involved, you cannot make a real man, as Sam has learned. Okay. Now, Sam sighed in frustration, and his thoughts turned to an afternoon earlier that month. Sam had just finished decorating the parlor for Yule, and Frodo had been leaning back in his favorite armchair, inhaling the wondrous scents that floated through all of Bag End. Mm. If you don't look every bit the fine country gentle hobbit all relaxing in your chair that way, he leaned over Frodo, his scarf dangling down. And may your humble servant share a yuletide kiss with the master of this house, sir gentle hobbit. Frodo smiled in return and grabbed the scarf. He pulled it gently until Sam's lips were pressed to his. Then after a moment, he released it and laughed. I know a hobbit with a cold nose. Oh, no. He laid his hand on Sam's cheek. Oh, my. And a cold face, too. Come sit here with me, dearest Samwise, and warm yourself by the fire. You've been so busy decorating and helping others get ready for Yule that you've hardly had a moment to enjoy how lovely our bag end looks and smells. Mm. Bag End looked like a holiday portrait and smelled even better. It brings to mind the Yuletides that I spent as a child at Brandy Hall. While not as fine as this, they were still wondrous in their own way. My mother used to make gingermen for all the children. I still remember how they tasted and smelled. When she baked, the whole hall was filled with the scent of ginger. Makes my mouth water to think of it. He looked down at Sam and took his hand. It's one of my fondest memories of her. <sighs> he smiled and gazed into the fire, caught up in a memory while Sam watched his face alight with tenderness. Now, I'm going to skip through a part because it gets like extremely boring. So Sam has to go ask this old lady how to make a proper gingerbread man. It all comes down to having to chill the dough. So he walks all the way home telling himself, chill the dough, chill the dough, chill the dough. He chills the dough. And then when Frodo comes home, he has this surprise. Ooh, all right. Frodo entered the front hall, shivering. Sam, he called. I've come home and I have treats. He sat his market bag down to hang his scarf and coat, then walked into the parlor, still talking. Hello, Sam. I saw Azalea Bolger at her booth and got us the most marvelous... His voice trailed off, and he stopped dead in his tracks. What do I smell? What is that, Sam? You weren't baking when I left. Sam took the market bag from Frodo's hand, and Frodo surrendered inattentively, barely seeming to notice. Mm. His head was up, and he was still sniffing the air. What a glorious smell! (laughs) The smells that wafted into Frodo's nose were some of the most wondrous he'd ever sniffed. Now, wondrous count? Up to three now, just so you know. And I've skipped a lot of the story. I feel like... If three things are wondrous, maybe nothing's wondrous. Exactly. Frodo, if everything's wondrous, nothing is wondrous. Get a new word. You're like those girls that call everything amazing. Uh, um, The cookies are amazing. Cookies are amazing. Amazing. The cookies are amazing. Your parking job? Amazing. Amazing. Oh, in this case, wondrous. Wondrous. 
The scent of cinnamon and ginger and perhaps a touch of nutmeg saturated the air. And Frodo's mouth watered. He walked a step forward, stumbling, not looking where he was going. <laughs> Gee whiz, oh, I don't... <laughs> what a comical Christmas caper. Sam grabbed his arm, but again, Frodo barely seemed to notice. Sam, what is that? Oh my, but it's wonderful. He walked toward the kitchen with Sam following close behind. It smells like... Frodo stopped as he reached the kitchen door. It smells like... He turned to Sam, his face alight with dawning recognition. It smells like my mother's ginger men, he said slowly. <laughs> his mother's ginger Sam, <laughs> he cried, grasping Sam's arm. Did you? <gasps> I bet he did, because he did. They'll make a fine treat with a bit of mulled cider, don't you think? Oh, I chilled the dough, Mr. He chilled Frodo. the dough. You know how he chilled the dough? He just put it, like, outside. And a dog ate part of it. (laughs) He still made the cookies. It's okay. Frodo took Sam's arm and pulled him close. When he spoke, his voice was trembling with emotion. What I think is that I have the best friend that anyone in Middle Earth ever had. The dearest of hobbits. The most wonderful gentle hobbit in all the Shire. He leaned in and pressed his lips to Sam's, thinking yet again how blessed he was to have this good soul in his life. Mr. Frodo, Sam choked, I'm not a gentle hobbit. Just a gardener who loves his master and wants to please him. What I want, dear one, is a happy Yule for the Shire and Mr. Frodo by my side as we celebrate. And you shall have that, Samwise, for I shall be by your side at Yule for the rest of my days. Or until he goes across the sea like a year later. That is very saccharine. Yeah. Sweet as a ginger man. It smells just like my mother's ginger Ginger man. man. The red-headed people who come into my house. All of them called themselves my My new dad. (laughs) This is my mama's ginger man. She definitely had a type. Oh, boy. Maybe that's why Frodo like Sam. Sam is also a ginger man. Yeah, did that make you feel warm and fuzzy? No, it made me feel really nauseated. Made you feel sick from eating too many ginger men? There are so many fanfics that are like that. And they're called like, they're really smoopy. They're really syrupy. They're smoopy. I don't like smoop. I I find it very gross. Yeah. Boop, smoopy, more like poopy. All right, I went there. You went there, Ryan. Okay, now it's your turn. Ta- right, I'm going to pull down this this kind of uh, this kind of a weird one. It has kind of partially Lord of the Rings wrapping paper, partially Star Wars. Let me see. Let me see. Give me, oh my gosh! Let me see what I got okay. here. Oh, oh, what do I got here? Oh, oh my gosh! Nintendo 64. Even better, it's the first order Yule Ball. The first wait, the first order. Ha- wait, now this the first is- order celebrates Christmas. So first order Yule Ball. Uh, in parentheses, Kylo Ren, ex-sister Catherine, and assistant Leona. Wait, who are sister Catherine and assistant so Leona? So in this alternate universe, Kylo has a sister named Catherine. Oh, Catherine was like a nun. No, her <laughs> name his is... His sister His name is Catherine. Catherine Ren, and he has an uh, assistant named Leona. Um, this is oh, by, so are these uh, OCs? I think? I don't know. It's by a person named ALM344 okay. on uh, Wattpad, the best website. Bonkers. I like her because her profile picture, she forgot to rotate it, so it is just 90, <laughs> 90 degrees to the right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that puts her at about age 12. All right, here goes. Kylo had all the Christmas decorations up, and also he gave his assistant some time off and got her watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh my god. She was happy to take time off. Girl, you will thank me. Catherine, however, felt the disturbance in the force, and hears the stormtroopers under Kylo's command talking nastily about Leona. 
Oh, that Nazgul, she's nothing compared to us. She's a lowly, force-sensitive personal assistant to the Supreme Leader. She's so unpopular, she'll never have a date for General Hux's First Order Yule Ball. She's nothing, says FN2186, and his comrades nod. Okay, so three things I want to pick you up on, in reverse yeah. order. Apparently this is Finn, talking about how some girl's butter face and is never going to get a date. This is, this is not Finn in particular, this is FN2186, I believe Finn is a different call sign. But oh, okay. It's probably FN. Right. Um, the second thing I want to take you up on there. Um, okay, she... Uh, is a personal assist- uh, personal assistant who is force sensitive. Is that now the bar for getting a personal assistant job? Do you have to be like mm. up, like force sensitive even for like entry level positions? Like yeah, it's one of those assistant. things you have to have like three years of experience. Even and though you just graduated from college, an unpaid internship and. Also, for sensitivities, a, a, a big bonus. A you big have plus. to have held a managerial role for a decade plus. And... So that was one disturbance in the Force. Then another. Also, wait, no, they called her a Nazgul. That's the other thing I wanted to point out. Because everyone likes Lord of the Rings in this version. So they're just calling her a Nazgul as be like, she's super ugly. She's but ugly. But the Nazgul aren't ugly, they're invisible. Can I get back to my story? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so then a different disturbance in the Force alerts Catherine to crying sounds in the hall. She looks in Leona's quarters, and she did sense sadness that Leona was under. You all right? You want me to report this to Kylo for you? She asked. I won't stand and let those stormtroopers insult you like that. And Leona replies, please, and I bet he hasn't got a date for General Hux's first order Yule Ball tonight. Please ask him. Catherine sees Kylo and asks, where's Leona? Is she all right? Catherine replies, that's why I'm here reporting on her behalf. The Stormtroopers have upset her, but she's just crying. Not in an emotional Trinity episode. You sent her to watch Lord of the Rings, and because of them, they're being nasty to Leona. Kylo replied, Those guys, they're nasty to my assistant, and they're going to have to get through me. Hux is throwing a First Order Yule Ball, and you need to ask someone to the ball, Kylo. I think your assistant is the perfect choice, Catherine replies. I'm sorry, are you required to have a date for this ball? Um... Can you do a Sadie Hawkins style? Like, could Leona, the personal assistant, who's definitely not a self-insert, uh, ask him? If you get... If you go stag, you get thrown out of the Starkiller base. Time, time skip, the ball. Everyone's dancing, eating, and drinking, and Kylo was nervous that Leona hasn't arrived yet. And then, Leona arrives at the ball in a beautiful gothic-style strapless sweetheart oh, dress. Oh, gothic Okay, is that you, Emily Darkness Dementia Ravenway? And silk navy blue wrap, and she slowly graced her way down to the steps and met Kylo, and he says, You look beautiful, Leona. Is that a raven candle dress by chance? Leona replies, Yes, Kylo, it is. And you look handsome yourself, Kylo. Shall we dance? Leona replies. And then she puts her middle finger up. <laughs> Kylo and Leona danced all night and they went outside to observe the stars and Kylo saw a big star and he said to Leona under the starlight Kylo got down on one knee and said I am a Satanist that star is ours you're my even star in my darkest night I love you will you marry me I will I love you Kylo Leona replies Catherine and Kylo saw that Leona was given the opportunity to prove those stormtroopers wrong and Kylo does love her Catherine and Kylo saw Leona was getting tired and as it was Christmas Eve she already had placed a hot chocolate and chocolate sugar cookies out for Santa Claus and carrots for the reindeer the Starkiller based personnel and their leaders were all asleep for Santa's sleigh arriving Kylo what before- so Santa visits the first order what are Santa's standards <laughs> because- if the first order gets present then who the hell is on the naughty list this is Starkiller base as well this is like a, a super weapon to destroy whole entire like star system like so- what are his standards for naughty for God God's sake! Kylo, before going to share his bed with Leona, dealt with the stormtroopers that made a fool of Leona by talking about them bullying. <laughs> Lady Arwen Evenstar, this is for hey, you. I heard you guys were bullying! So this is actually written for someone named Lady Arwen Evenstar. Now, and she really loved it. You know what's... Did she? Did yeah, she in the comments, she loved it, yeah. Oh. Can I Can I tell you this, this story? This story's actually really depressing, Ryan. Okay, so this person is <laughs> obviously somebody who's being bullied at school, and in their mind, the best way to get back at their bullies is to have, like, a cool guy fall in love with them, ask them to marry them on the ask first date, make a bunch of weird Lord of the Rings references. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's really sad. Like, yeah, there are bullies, there are jerks. You have to be able to, like, rise above that without... 
Um, you know, what is his name? Adam Driver? Adam Driver, yeah. Oh, Adam Driver, like, poking his nose at you. What I like is in this universe, bullying sends out a disturbance in the Force, which I think (laughs) makes middle school unbearable for young Jedi. Oh, definitely. (laughs) There's just, like, constant bullying. They're like, oh, no, some kid three doors over just got called gay. Oh, disturbance in the Force over here, over here, over here. It'd be just a headache at all times. Some girl just got told she's only depressed to get attention. But yeah, uh, I thought I'd start with that one since this is the rare Lord of the Rings Star Wars crossover event. And uh, Did they also imply that the girl, it was like um, Kylo Ren's fault that she got bullied because he had her watch Lord of the Rings and that gave them an opening to bully her and call yes, her an school. Yes. So he really, he owes her a <laughs> wedding. Like he has to get married to her now. It's all his fault I they guess. called her a Nazgul. Yeah. And, the, and fugly. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Starkiller Base. What do you got next, Joanna? Let's open up another present. Okay, here we go. Now this is this is a small one, but a good one, I think. Oh yes, oh yes, it's just what I wanted. It's just what I wanted. It's called Elijah Wood. He's all I want for Christmas. <laughs> now this is uh, is this the real Elijah Wood and not like it's it's not a Frodo story. They don't want Frodo. They want Elijah Wood. Okay, I guess it's, this it's, is a real person. I'll fan allow fiction. it. Um, the character is Elijah Wood, the fandom is Lord of the Rings, the category is general, the language is English, and here, I will now show you the entirety of the story. Okay. It's just Elijah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a tag that says Elijah. Elijah. It's just a little rectangle that says Elijah in it. Elijah. Elijah. I'm looking at it. It's, uh, got three kudos somehow. <laughs> <laughs> three people are generally positive on, uh, about the name Elijah. An archive of our own. Was there a piece of art? It says additional tags, digital art. Maybe. There's a picture of Elijah Wood in there. There must have been originally like a drawing of Elijah Wood. They took it out. <laughs> they took it out. So now it's just a rectangle that says Elijah and three people liked it. Great story. Thanks, now, Roxy. Now, that's kind of a dud present. You want to open another one? Yeah, that's I'm going to open it up because I got... Well, hold on. Now this one... This is in, in very, very morose wrapping paper sort of a funereal black and gray with Ooh. all these sad ribbons. Just the saddest looking... Oh, I see. That's oh. why. This is a sad story, Ryan. Oh, no. A sad Christmas story. This is a story called Wanting. Wanting. Now, you need to put, like, the saddest music oh, I'm ever already over there. this. Because already this there. is going to break everybody's heart. Okay, you just you just warmed our hearts with some ginger men. Now you're going to break our hearts with some wanting. Yeah, you need balance. Okay. In the Force. And okay. in uh, Lord of the Rings Christmas stories. Now, um, this opens up with Elwing and Aaron Deal. Now, remember Elwing and Aaron Deal? They were Elrond's parents. Oh, okay. Elwing. Elwing. Elwing was his mother. Aaron Deal was his father. Aaron Deal, yeah. Aaron Deal had one of the Silmar. Right, okay. Um, Okay, and remember, so Elrond was a twin. He also had his brother Elros. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it opens up with Elwing and Arendil talking before the birth of Elrond and Elros. What shall we do when it's born? Elwing asked, fingers carefully threading a tiny braid together, eyes peering sharply at her reflection in the gilt mirror that stood in front of her. Arendil's reflection appeared beside hers, his body pressing lightly against her back. Raise it, I suppose, her husband answered. I do not want a child, Elwing stated petulantly, tying off the end of the braid. I know, love, Arendil soothed, his hands raised, bypassing Elwing's swollen stomach and lifting to her shoulders, adjusting the magnificent necklace that looped around her throat and spilled out upon her shoulders, bearing the blazing weight of the Silmaril upon it. You will only have to care for it until it is weaned, Arendil assured her. (laughs) Afterwards, I'll reign for a nursemaid to care for it. Good, good, Elwing agreed carelessly. 
What will you name it? Arendelle questioned distractedly. Elrond or Elros? Elwing answered dismissively. I haven't given much thought as to which of the two I actually want. Ooh. The day Elrond and Elros were weaned, Arendelle promptly brought the nursemaid he had contacted into his house to look after the children. Here, here, Elwing said, transferring the hands of the two small children into those of the other elf. Do not let them wander off or interfere with me and my husband. And above all, do not allow them to become a nuisance, Ooh. Elwing instructed. Yes, my lady, the elf responded demurely, his hands tightening ever so slightly about Elrond and Elros's hands. Later, the elf told Elrond and Elros that his name was Erestor. Oh, Restor. Writing, writers are they like love obsessed him. with Restor. If he's not getting pregnant, he's taking care of two abused children. Hey, listeners, we're about to get arrested. <laughs> Your name matches ours, Elros had noted excitedly. Hi. And Restor had agreed delightedly, which immediately endeared him to Elros. Aaron Deal and Elwing had never cared when Elros pointed out that their names matched his and his brothers. Oh, no. Oh, no, they don't care that all their names start with E. <laughs> Son, that's dumb as hell. Shut up. <laughs> of um, all the hills to die on, that's so stupid. I know, right? <laughs> the parents never cared. Like, our names all start with E. Yes, this is the 17th time you've told yes, us. Yes, shut give a up. Shit. <laughs> it was so shiny. It was so bright. It was so beautiful. This is after a time skip, by the way. Ah, okay. Elrond reached out to touch the beautiful glowing thing, and Elros squealed in delight beside him. They had managed to evade Arrester's watchful eyes and had gone into their parents' chambers, rooms they had never been allowed in, when they discovered the Silmaril lying upon a cushion of crushed velvet on the bed in the center of the room. A scream rang out suddenly. Do not touch that! snarled Elwing's voice, and Elrond lurched back in fear, propelled himself off the side of the bed. Oh, no. He fell and hit the floor, Elros calling his name. What are you two doing in here? Elwing snapped, <laughs> walking up to the bed, heedless of Elrond laying at her feet and snatched the Silmaril up. Elrond sniffled, rising painfully to his feet and darting out of the room. Elros hopped off the bed and followed him, where they collided with Arrester in the hall. Arrester picked up the now softly sobbing Elrond and took Elros's hand, <laughs> his touch gentle and apologetic. <sighs> <laughs> All right, so another time skip, another time okay, skip. Okay, time so skip. So this is after a lot of uh, Gondolin gets destroyed, right? Yeah. Arrester could not be found in the ruins of Syrian, no matter how much Elrond and Elros begged Maglor to find him. Maglor was like another Elrond. Yeah, I remember him. Maglor had even took the children to see some of the dead bodies. <laughs> God. Sounds very responsible, Maglor. Hey, kids, you want to see your dead body? <laughs> my dad's gone. I want to see my dad's gone. <laughs> In hopes that they would discover this arrestor of theirs and gain closure. God. The only way for small children to gain closure is to see the mangled body of their uh, former caregiver and a heap of other dead and mangled Yikes. bodies. This is a bad Christmas. Uh, but they did not ever find him. Not once did Elrond and Elros ask after their parents, a thing Maglor found strange. Mm. What child would not care about their parents? One who didn't give them a letter E in the beginning of their name. <laughs> or they did, but didn't care Never about didn't it. care. Later, dot, dot, dot. Uh-oh. Elrond and Elros had grown and were able to formulate more concise questions. Why did you come to our home and take us away? Elrond asked one day. Maglor had always been mostly truthful with his children. He's adopted them, you see. Yeah. And he saw no reason not to be now. The gem your mother had in her keeping was ours. We came only to get it back, Maglor said, and waited for Elrond's response. Elrond furrowed his nose, one eyebrow showing signs of rising above the other. Showing signs. Sorry, we don't know, <laughs> we don't know if it ever 
actually evidence did. showed that <laughs> evidence showed that his eyebrow might rise. Yeah. There's a sixty-two percent chance. <laughs> I'm glad you did not get the gem back, Elrond said finally. Maglor and Maedros, so that's like one of um, Feanor's sons, yes. shared a swift look. Why are you glad, Maglor said evenly. You might have to cut a Here, bitch. Can you give me, a, give me a, a swift look real quick? Okay. It's like a Taylor Swift face. Oh, a Taylor Swift face? A swift look. Ooh. <laughs> Was that Taylor Swift? Yeah, Joanna can't come to the podcast right now. Why? Because I'm dead. <laughs> Why are you glad, Maglor said evenly. Our mother liked the gem better than us. If you had gotten it, you would like it better than us. Oh, no. Elrond explained with the simplicity of a child. Maglor and Majors's eyes met again, and Maglor knew he had found the answer to the question he had asked himself that day in Syrian. What child would not care about their parents? That's Christmas? Yeah! It was filed under Christmas. As far as I can tell, there's no... Joanna, you gotta actually read these before you start... I did read it. I had to read it to edit it. I might have accidentally edited out the part. I think you might have. Because it was boring. Just put in the first sentence. It was Christmas. And that's all you need It was to do. Christmas. No, this is... So, this is the um, category of fan fiction that I like to call misery porn. Um, yeah, film people seem to be sad. misery porn. Um, this is probably by somebody whose pair... Uh, who, Fancies that their parents are abusive. Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, this is their little fantasy of being swept away by Maglor and Madros. Man. All right. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Okay. What child doesn't care about their parents when their parents don't care about them? <laughs> I'm a little crying elf. <laughs> it's uh, all going to be upbeat from here on out, though. I okay. Well, let me open a few little presents here. Okay. Um, these are stories that I didn't actually read because they were very long, but the summaries and titles were real good. So let's open these up real quick. Okay. Ooh, three little ones. Ooh, nice. Nice. And they're all from a user on Archive of Our Own called Once Upon a, a Galaxy Far, Far Away. Okay. Remember them last year? Uh, made famous for their, their story called Last Christmas, which was the... <laughs> takes place after the previous Christmas. I think it was the first Yeah, it's like it happens um, this Christmas. It takes place after the previous Christmas on the next Christmas. Yeah. What? What now, year is this? So she has really good titles and really good summaries. Stories are long and probably fine, but she does a good job with these. So first story. Santa doesn't fall off ladders. Summary. Finn is working late and he just wants to go home. All he needs to do is deal with his last patient, some guy who fell off a ladder. <laughs> So this is some world where Finn is like a, a, doctor? Nurse, a doctor or a nurse or something. And um, he's dealing with, I guess, Santa. Yeah. Here's another one. Last Christmas, which is, as you know, the oh, prequel no. to this Christmas. This right? Christmas, which took place after the previous Christmas. Summary. Poe has no idea what to buy his friend or her new wife. Fortunately, a hot stranger's here to help. <laughs> Whenever I don't know what to buy my friend or their new wife, I always take the advice of a hot stranger. One last one. It's called Fashion. Summary. Poe has an ugly and aggressively festive hat. <laughs> why these stories need to be set in the Star Wars universe. Like a story about a nurse that has to take care of Santa falling off a ladder. You can just set that in the Santa Claus yeah. universe. <laughs> why does it need to be Finn? Because... Uh, uh. <laughs> so, so anyway, let's open a little bigger one just so we can... We can okay. uh, those are three little stupid stories. Ooh, ooh, this is a nice kind of this is a red package. It's got some cool red wrapping paper. It's kind of spiky. Ow, ow, I poked my finger on it. Uh-oh, is it cactus? Uh, no, it's, uh, it's, this story is called... Darth Maul X Teen Reader. <gasps> Tinseled. Tinseled? Oh my gosh, is this going to be... Wait, is so this going to be, be slash between Darth Maul and a teen reader? It's going to be you as a teen. Okay. Or me as a teen. And Darth Maul is your friend. 
I'm trying to like put myself back in, you know, my my teen self, my teen life. Yeah. I don't think I was significantly more attractive than Darth Maul. So I'm curious to see like what he sees in me. So again, the story, imagine Darth Maul, his all full tattooed face, his spiky head, his and red he's eyes. super into teen me. Yeah. This is by Ivory Dragoness 44. You can find her on DeviantArt for the rest of her wonderful stories. It was barely the first week of December and Maul was hauling the cheerfully green Christmas tree into the house. Setting up the tree was more of a task than he originally expected. The small branches and twigs stuck around and between Maul's horns, the leafy needles of the tree giving his scalp a horrible, if itching sensation. I'm allergic to pine! There, that should be a good spot as any, your mom confirmed, letting Maul, fi- mom. <laughs> letting Maul finally sit down the tree in the vacant corner of the living room. <laughs> just says your mom. Thank you so much for your help, Maul, she waved. I'm gonna wrap the presents. You two get to work on the tree. I don't know how to feel about my mom if she's, like, entrusting me to the care of Darth Maul. Sure thing, you saluted as she walked over to another room to accomplish the painstaking task of sorting and wrapping gifts. Maul gave a firm nod of acknowledgement. Maul turned toward you. Why would he not? You were giggling. He looked at you questioningly, <laughs> probably about your sanity again, and it was just something about the holiday season that got to your soul like nothing else. Yeah, that sounds like me. You're covered in tree needles, you snickered, stepping in front of him to start plucking the little green things out of his sweater. You big painted dumbass! Out of his sweater. That's right. Maul was wearing a Christmas sweater. I'm sorry, is Darth Maul supposed to be like my mom's boyfriend in this? Or you, no, I think he's just, Is he like my new dad? He's like your pal, I don't know. You would encourage him to wear it, meaning that his usual Sith attire went missing as soon as December hit, leaving only his usual black trousers and an assortment of quote-unquote ugly Christmas sweaters long enough to last 31 days. Wait, so I'm making him wear so, Christmas you, sweaters you, for 31? One day is- You ditched his black robes and you just gave him 31 Christmas sweaters. Why is he friends with me? Also, how did I afford 31 Christmas sweaters on my, like, library wages? I don't know. It's a part-time job. Is he just, like, he's just, like, friends with me and my mom. And he just comes he over also, like, and steals his clothes for a full month? Yeah, I don't know, man. You gestured to the tree with a smile. Not only did you cut down this tree, given that you took the easy route with your lightsaber when I advised you to leave it at home, but you lugged the sucker to the house until it was in the perfect spot. You did an awesome job, Maul. And you made my mom feel happy. Total niceless bonus points, me amigo. Me, oh my god. That, actually, that does sound about as annoying as I yeah. was in high school. A loud beep sounded from the kitchen, demanding your attention every other second. Oh, sweet, the cookies are done. You cheered a little too loudly from Maul's tastes, making him wince. Oh, oh sweet, the cookies are done! I'm wincing, eh. All right, Maul, time to get your game face on. I'll get the cookies out of the oven. You get the decoration started, you announced. Maul looked from the totes and back over to you, looking very unsure about himself, surprisingly. You'll do fine, you encouraged, bouncing up and on your toes to reach his height. I'm just not very good at Christmas. <laughs> just let the spirit of the season flow through you like the forest. He huffed, rolling his eyes at you. Let's see how this goes. Setting the tray of delicious sugar cookies down on a cooling rack, you heard a very verbal complaint from the living room. Maul? You asked hesitantly, peeking around the corner. Oh no. Not only was Maul in the middle of decorating the living room and Christmas tree simultaneously, but literally so. Standing stiff beside- He was literally decorating! Standing stiff beside the scarcely decorated tree was Maul, tangled up in strands of silver and gold tinsel! Oh my god! My goofy friend Darth Maul! Don't ask! Maul finally grumbles slowly with the most pouty face you could ever imagine him making. <laughs> you tried not to giggle, but eventually seeped out as you subconsciously took out your cell phone from your back pocket. A memorable moment deserved a memorable picture of Maul's predicament. Everyone knows it's Maul! Sorry, Molly, you apologized, holding up your phone for the best vantage point, but this one's going on the record. Looks like Maul just got all caught up in the spirit of Christmas. Why didn't he just, like, cut the tinsel off with his lightsaber? 
Because he had to get a funny picture of him pouting with stencil on his horns. I really don't understand the story. I don't know, <laughs> like, where or under what circumstances you and your mom became friends with Darth Maul. I also feel the fact that she's making your mom single, like, kind of implies that he's going to become your stepdad. Or, But hmm. the title kind of implies that he's going to become your boyfriend. Because it got the X in there, right? Yeah. So, like, I But also not... it tells it, it makes it sound like he's an adult man Maul and you're just a teen because it's like you had to hop up to get to his height to pull the, the branches out of his horns. Yeah, you know? but he's just getting such a kick out of my spunky young personality you're so you're so calling him amigo and yelling about cookies just like fractionally too loud and yeah so that was that was a fun present why does he hang out with us like it doesn't seem like he's having a good time at any point we literally stole a month's worth of clothing from him you made him chop down a tree with a saber i took a picture of him where he looks like an ass and put it on the gram you probably did Think of all the all the clout you're gonna get from that one that's true i'm gonna get so many likes okay um this next one is called present Present. This next one. Well, unwrap it, will you? Has so hold on. If I recall, when I requested this one from Santa, yeah, it has a hell of a pairing in it, and you will probably not see it coming. Okay. All right. It is very romantic, nevertheless. I'm ah, ready. Here it is. Present. We start with Gimli. Gimli. We lad. Snow drifted down from an iron gray sky. Mawee lad Gimli brushed flakes from his beard and the pack upon his shoulders. Bilge snipe stamped. Okay, now, they use the phrase bilge stamp snipe several times. Bilge stamp. I don't know what bilge snipes are. I'm just going to assume they're reindeer. Okay, bilge snipes. Right, bilge snipe stamped, snorted, and jingled upon Helm's Deep's battlement. The antlered beasts were white as snow, except for growing patches of brown on their rumps and necks. Yet they had to be young to pull the sleigh. Yet they were as tall as Shadowfax. It's <laughs> a very good writing so All far. right, sure. <laughs> so we have these white reindeer that are pulling down the sleigh. As big as a horse, brown butt, <laughs> on top of the battlements of Helm's Deep. Very festive so far. Odin stepped back. Wait, hold on. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Are we talking the the Norse god of We're wisdom? talking about the All-Father. All-Father Odin of the Norse gods. Come on. <laughs> Odin. So Odin stepped back, nodding, apparently satisfied with the Rohirrim tack job. So Odin is there. It's his sleigh. He's having the Rohirrim, like, set it all up. Okay. The All-Father of Asgard was clad in a thick crimson fur robe and gloves trimmed in ermine with an even thicker leather belt cinched about his waist. All the presents are counted for. All the coal, O Lord of the Glittering caves okay. which oh uh, okay so um odin's santa so that's like the second twist in this story and gimli says i all father everyone and every piece what's going on with you he responded agog as the old man lifted the enormous sacks into the sleigh with one hand each being stubborn as any dwarf he refused to let loki much less odin carry them up from the delivery wagon it had taken five dwarves him and four others to do the job a sack at a time Okay. So Loki is here too. Um, okay. So wait. So, so, ready so, for Christmas? Is this, is this, and so I'm assuming these are the the Marvel versions of these characters. I'm gonna go ahead and assume, just given like the clientele of archive of our own, I'm gonna go ahead and assume that this is like Marvel Cinematic Universe, Odin and Loki, okay. um, who are apparently Santa and Santa's son, also, and they are choosing to depart this Christmas from Helm's Deep. Okay. <laughs> Got it. I'm following now. If I may continue. Yeah, I wish you may. Gimli removed the pack from his shoulders and the present from within. It was thick and wrapped in shiny emerald paper with cloth of silver ribbon. Here, Loki, I, uh, I made this for you, if, if you're ever not officially allowed to see me again for a while. Oh. Loki crouched to accept and unwrap it. Oh, Gimli, it's beautiful. 
Aww. It was a volume of handwritten poetry. A volume of slim verse. The black leather was tooled with the doors of Duran opening onto the rainbow bridge and clasped with silver. I shall treasure it so long as Asgard stands and even beyond Ragnarok. Thank you, my love. Even though they'd been dating for just over 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> just 30 years. <laughs> He still blushed sometimes when Loki kissed him. This was one of those times. Oh, you're welcome. Who ships Loki and Gimli? Um, They have been dating for 30 30 years, years. Ryan. It doesn't matter if you ship them. They are a thing. They are canon. It's pretty established. I I have to believe that uh, Gimli cottoned on to the fact that Santa, who is Odin, always departs from Helm's Deep for some reason. And then he came upon Loki and then they fell in love. Wow, it's so sweet. Um, in in, uh, in return, Loki gives Gimli a, a snake called Hissy. Hissy, <laughs> and All then right. and then um the the fic ends on this sentence. Overall, it was a good night for everyone. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> Just to encourage you. Overall, everyone had a good Overall, time. Pretty good. Yeah, that's bad. Jeez, Louise, <laughs> so dumb. You didn't see it coming, did you? No, I didn't. I hated it when it came, and I and. I, <laughs> Gosh, I'm glad it was a good night for everybody. God. The best night of their 30-year relationship. Come on. 30 years. 30 years. That's nothing to a god and a dwarf. Yeah, that's nothing. There's there's the puppy love right now. Yeah. Let me find a present. Okay, this one's kind of like small and stinky. Why is this... Ugh. It's got like. What a, is that smell? It oh. smells like the like gelatinized kitty litter that gets like behind the litter boxes. Yeah, that's the smell of filk, baby. Oh, Ryan, I told you not to do any filk. <laughs> now this year. I'm not going to do the entire filk because it's long and and not good. Um, I just think it's funny for the context of it. So okay. it's called "O Darth Vader, O Darth Vader" by Pip, the Dark Lord of All. Uh, description says a Star Wars parody of "O Christmas Tree." I think this is my best parody yet. Please review. Oh my god, what if that's true? What if all their other parodies up to now has been worse than this? See, he says like this, I'm already assuming it's. This bad. is my first Star Wars parody. Please review. It'll inspire me to write more. I Disclaimer, I owe nothing. Oh, I owe nothing. I'm literally homeless. Oh, Darth Vader. Oh, Darth Vader. Thy helmet's so unchanging. Oh, Darth Vader. Oh, Darth Vader. Thy helmet's so unchanging. Not only black when the Emperor's here, but also when Han Solo's near. Oh, Darth Vader. Oh, Darth Vader. Thy helmet's so unchanging. I'm sorry, why and the hell would they expect his helmet to change? I don't know. So this is like a whole thing where it was supposed to change color, like a mood ring, depending on who's close? Now, the next one's about him force choking. The next next verse is about uh, the Death Star. The last one is about uh, Palpatine hanging out with him. Okay. Um, I'm not going to read it because it sucks. The end. If you don't review, I find your lack of awesomeness disturbing. Oh, we're just not awesome enough to review this one. Uh Update. There's an update on this one. Uh This story now has 100 views and only two reviews. It's kind of discouraging. Don't whine about it. You think that's going to make people want to give you reviews? It's kind of discouraging that only two people reviewed my stupid song that sucks. It sucks, dude. It's like it's like a, a, a filk for starters, and a quarter of it is how Darth Vader's helmet never changes. So bad. You know what I love about Darth Vader's helmet? I get older, it <laughs> stays the, the same. same. When I'm Han Solo and I'm Palpatine, it looks the same way every time. <laughs> All right, let's open a slightly bigger one here. Yes. All right. Ooh, this is an old one. This is like an antique. Ooh, Ooh it's an antique uh, present. Oh, it's a 
This is one from 2002. Oh my god, that's ancient. Yeah, this one's just called... You don't get a vintage like this anymore. Mm. This is called Christmas by Alexa Wessner. Okay, Alexa, not the most creative name, but... Description is, have you ever wondered what Star Wars characters do for Christmas? Well, here's answers. <laughs> Whether you've wondered it or not, she doesn't even wait for you to like, respond. Disclaimer, I don't own Star Wars, so don't sue me. Wake up! Screamed Luke to his sister who was still sleeping. Luke, it's 2.30 in the morning. Go back to bed. It's Christmas Eve! He replied, and with that he got out of his Barbie pajamas into his Rudolph the Red-Nosed Ranger costume. Han! He screamed. Don't you remember? You have to be Dasher! Go away, kid, Han said. Ah! Screamed Han. We took a look at Luke in his costume. He had an open face and Luke painted his nose. He was wearing a huge girly grin on his face. He was on all fours and started panting. <laughs> a few hours later at 7 o'clock... Han- <laughs> Adults. This isn't like the kids. It's just like Han's like thirty and Luke and Leia are like in their twenties. A few hours later, at seven o'clock, Han and Leia got up and went downstairs. Hours later, what were they doing for a few hours? (laughs) Both refused to dress up in costume. There was a knock on the door. They opened it to find Yoda. He was dressed in an elf costume. He already had the ears and height right, so Luke decided he should be an elf for Christmas Eve. What a great party, Luke said, looking at his one guest. He he put on a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and started doing the Macarena. After the Macarena, Han, Luke, Yoda, and Leia put up a Christmas tree. Leia put or- on ordainments. Ordainments. Leia put on her priestly vestments. <laughs> Instead of ornaments, put ordainments. Uh, this tree is now ordained. It can now marry. She put ordainments of Danish buns on the tree. Han put nerfs on the tree. Yoda put, can- Yoda put candy canes on a tree. And Luke put a pink angel on the top of the tree with his face on it. <laughs> Then they decorated it with tinsel for the lights on the tree that used colored lightsabers. For dinner, they had roast beef and mashed potatoes with wine. Yoda, Luke, and Han had wine. Yoda got drunk and claimed he was a reindeer when he was 456. Han got drunk and claimed he was Steve Irwin when he was going to make the Crocodile Hunter collision course. (laughs) (laughs) He said he also got bit... (laughs) He said he also got bit by a poisonous snake 54 times in the ass by (laughs) Obi-Wan. Luke said he didn't whine with wine and claimed to be Britney Spears on tour. No, Han said. You're not Britney Spears. Ha ha. You're Britney Bears. Ha ha. Said Han still giggling and rolling on the floor. What does that mean? You're Britney Bears. I don't know. I was simultaneously the worst and yet like the best story we've ever featured. Leia decided to give it a shot but saying she was adopted by wolves when she was four. (laughs) What? Like this all random but it's like just the right kind of random (laughs) everyone got hung over and fell asleep in the middle of the night luke awoke and heard ho 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 santa claus he asked went into the living room he heard a voice hey kid get me out of here i'm stuck in your chimney i gotta lose weight said the voice (laughs) don't worry santa i'll get you out said luke and began pulling the pudgy figure out of the chimney luke finally got him out and turned on the light santa claus was jabba the hut ah screamed luke but i thought you spoke hatis I do, replied Jabba, but I also speak English. <laughs> oh, said Luke. <laughs> they explained that. Not the fact that he's Santa, but the fact that he speaks English. Oh. Luke then called Han, Leia, and Yoda, and they soon found out about Jabba. Turns out Jabba just wants Han's money so he can give unfortunate children presents. With the spirit of Christmas, Han started throwing $100 bills at Jabba. They all sat around the beautiful tree and opened presents. Yoda got stilts from Han, a hat from Leia, a year worth of grammar lessons from Jabba, and green coal to match his skin from Luke. Leia got Danish buns to wear in her hair, Han got a nerf and a herder to hurt it, and Luke got a pink dress from Java, and everyone else got in pink coal to match. The end. <laughs> that story sucks. <laughs> and there's like a 
a tinge of sexism in there just by them putting Luke in pink stuff all the time. And like, the, ah, it's funny. He acts like his a His Barbie girl, pajamas. But his Barbie pajamas. And the pink angel with his face on it. <laughs> he puts an angel on the truth his own face on it it's the funniest image this person just really doesn't care for Luke I think who wrote this this is by Alexa Westner in 2002 Alexa <laughs> Alexa this is masterful you've done a very good I job had a fa- I mean it only has one fave and only seven reviews I feel like it I deserves mean, it's more I it's just called Christmas it's so <laughs> yeah. not descriptive but it's like the best <laughs> Alexa, you're our MVP this year. Thank you. Oh, uh, good, good antique, antique present. It gets better with age. I hate Christmas so much, and this just made it so much better. All right, I wish I could tell me? you. I wish I could tell you that this one's gonna be as good, but uh, good. Judging by what I have left, I think. Uh, okay, here we go. This is a story called Anveniente Caritate. Is that Italian? Um, I don't know if it's Italian or if it's supposed to be Elvish. I'm not entirely okay. sure. I-, I think it's probably Italian. Advent. That sounds like Advent. That sounds like. But anyway, it's neither here nor there because there's nothing like remotely Italian about this story. This is a story where all the dwarves. Okay, I initially assumed they were supposed to be American high school students. Okay, but that's then, a good assumption and, to make. But because of just how they act. Like, they right. act like they're about 14. But the author says, Dwalin and Thorin, as are most of the company, are 23. Ori and Bilbo and Dis, Dis, remember, is uh, Feely and Keeley's mom, yeah, yeah, yeah. are 21. Dory and Balin and Oin are 29. Okay, so, but so they're acting like okay. Well, it's clearly written by 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 a, a kid. Yes, it is clearly. And what I want you to imagine, because this is what I imagined, is like... Basically, they're white trash in the 80s. Okay, yeah, it's like okay. It's basically how they come across. All right, I'm excited um, for this, yeah. Yeah, um, just, you know, like, going in, Dwalin has a crush on Ori for, like, no conceivable reason. Okay. And um, Thorin has a crush on Bilbo, but Bilbo's just, like, a, like another, like, 21-year-old guy. Okay, and are, there, are they not dwarves in this case? I. It's not clear to me. I'm going <laughs> to imagine them as dwarves. Please imagine them as they were in the Hobbit okay. trilogy. Yeah, 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 okay? got it, got it, got it. All right. This story is really dreadful. Okay, I can't wait. <laughs> right, so, so Dwalin asked slowly, You're going, right? Thorin sighed, Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, don't sound so excited, Dwalin said dryly. Thorin shrugged. Do I really need to go? Come on, you'll have fun when we get there. <laughs> if you say so. Fine, if you don't want to go, then don't. I didn't say I didn't want to go. It was heavily implied. I just... Thorin sighed again. You know how I feel about singing in public. Oh, no. It's just practice, Dwalin said with a huff. But we will eventually be out singing. And it's for fun, Dwalin rolled his eyes. And besides, it's... It's a great way for you to spend time with Ori, Thorin said with a smirk. That's not why I'm doing it. Bullshit! <laughs> I love when these, these characters just start That's swearing sorry. for no reason. Dwalin chewed the inside cheek. No, it doesn't say oh, who's. who's. It doesn't say who's inside cheek. He chewed the inside cheek. Of his butt. And then gave it yeah. Fine. I'll get to spend time with Ori. Happy? Thorin laughed. You're only doing this for Ori and you know it. Dwalin didn't reply. It was true. Thorin shook his head. I'll be there. Dwalin breathed a sigh of relief. Thank you. Okay, so after this pointless conversation, they get in a car and they drive to choir practice, which is at a church. And okay. Balin is uh, the vicar of the church. Wait, hang on. So, but Dwalin and Balin are, are... They're brothers. They're still brothers, but Balin is 29 and he's a vicar. A vicar. Yeah. That's pretty high rank, isn't it? Uh, no, I don't terms? think so. It's just like no? local. It's like okay. the local priest. All right. 
Bollins. So they're Catholic, idea. though. So they're, they're Catholic and apparently living in England because they have something called a vicar. I guess um, Anglican then. Yeah. Um. All so, right. and they're all going there and like they're beat up, you know, um, 1980s tourists or whatever. <laughs> and yeah. Dwalin probably has a mullet. Yeah. And again, I'm picturing these, these. They're probably listening to White Snake. These, these yeah, these, these rural 80s dwarf teams. Yes, yes. Are, sorry, 20 somethings. 20 somethings. They're 20 somethings, Ryan. It doesn't matter that they act like they're about 13. Okay. okay? Bollins' idea was simple. Get a group together, practice a few carols, and then on Christmas Eve, go around and spread some holiday cheer. Oh boy. And not just anywhere, but to a few sections of town where a great number of... Po- I forgot about this. <laughs> All right, what is it? <laughs> but to a few sections of town where a great number of political refugees and asylum <laughs> seekers have found homes and welcomed them. Isn't that kind? Wow, so like orcs who like I guess. left Sauron and they're political refugees. Okay, so yeah, yeah, that's got to be the equivalent. Gloin was there, as was his brother Oin. Bofer, Biffer, and Bomber showed up too. Dory was there, of course, but Nori was not, as he had plans that he couldn't break. No one asked, so I think he's like the local drug dealer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the impression. He's, he's cooking meth. Story. Yeah. All right, so um, I skipped a part. So Thorin fights with Dis about who should sing in the choir. It's really boring. Okay, stupid. Sound, sounds stupid. Yeah, but Bilbo takes. Thorin's side in this fight. Oh, does he? All right, so here we go. Thanks for sticking up for me, Thorin said to Bilbo as they were all leaving. You don't need to thank me, Bilbo said. They were in the wrong and you were right. Thorin smiled. I don't normally hear that. Bilbo giggled. Not from your sister, no. Who's dis? Ah, uh, yeah. Thorin laughed. She's a tough one, but she's a good kid. I know, Bilbo said. We have some classes together. Oh, nice. Nice. Bilbo turned to Thorin and held out a hand. So, I'll see you next practice? Thorin shook Bilbo's hand. Uh, yeah, sure. Great! Great. <laughs> Thorin just stood there and it was a minute before he realized he was still shacking Bilbo's hand. Shacking it? Still shacking it. Stop shacking my hand. Like, oh, stop shacking my hand. Sorry, Bilbo nodded. So, I'll see you. Yep. Bye. Bye. Really, like... Really just sparkling like, dialogue. Yeah, really, like, really good and just like it's so engaging, isn't yeah. it? I really like. I have a class with your sister. Oh, nice. That sounds like how teens talk. Now later, Balin and Dwalin go to buy wait a class. Tree. Hold on, class? Are they college kids? I guess this is. That's why I assumed they were in high school. And then I read the author's note, and I was like, wait, what the frick? Huh? They're in their twenties, Ryan. But they they seem like such. D- dinguses. Yeah, they are dingus, and the, the the biggest dingus part is coming up. Okay, okay, okay yeah. So Balin and Dwellin go to buy a Christmas tree after choir practice, and Nori works there. This is like his family's Christmas okay, tree farm. Okay, sure. Guess. Well, well, if it isn't the vicar and his pet bulldog. Balin smiled, and Dwellin rolled his eyes, and they both turned to greet Nori Rison. Now I don't know why Nori has a last name. Rison. Nobody else is Rison. 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 I guess like. I haven't looked at the dwarf genealogy in a while. Maybe Nori's dad's name is Rye. It doesn't sound very Tolkien. No, it doesn't. But, um, Balin's full name in this is Vicar Balin Fundin's son. Fundin? Okay. Yeah, because his dad's Dad's name is Fundin. All right. So Rysen. Okay. Whatever. I'll go with it. Good evening, Nori, Balin said. Balin? What's your damage? Balin asked. Just working, Nori said, gesturing to the tree lot. Someone's got to sell these beauties and spread the cheer. Why does get such a tood? They really do. It gets worse. Cheer isn't normally what you spread, Dwalin quit. Oh, gosh. I know what you'd like to spread, Fundinson, Nori spat out. Oh, no. And I'm telling you now to keep your pants zipped. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> 
No, no, boys. This is like Riverdale or something. What is this? No, no, boys, Balin said, holding up his hands to silence the other two. This is not the right time or place. When it comes to my baby brother, Nori said, it's always the right time and place. Dwalin didn't care for that remark. Ori's no baby, you dick weasel. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Look, I've got to work Saturday, Nori threw out, so I won't be at your mom's little soiree. I'm telling you now, keep your paws off my brother. No, you look butt crust, Dwalin growled. <laughs> butt crust? Yes. Are you kidding me? No, butt crust? Oh my god, butt crust. And that's where I stopped reading. Oh, that's a good point. I was like, it's not gonna peak. Like, it's never gonna, like, go higher than Dwellin saying you look butt crust. So butt I crust. Reading. I don't know how this story ends. I assume with, like, with um, Thorin and Bilbo getting together and Dwellin and Ori getting together. But, like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. This story is so bad. That's what, that's what the cliffhanger would be. It'd be like, next week on Erebor's Creek or whatever. Just yeah, be yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't run away for our lives to be over. That joke is getting dangerously close to being, like, too old for, yes. like, some people listening to this. Oh, it's probably more recent. Uh, uh, like Probably Riverdale. R- Riverdale. River- the... <laughs> Dale. Just Dale. Just Dale! Oh, my God. Just Dale. That's genius. Yeah. Let's pitch this immediately. <laughs> yeah. um, a bunch of 21-year-olds who act like they're 14-year-old freaking assholes. And they're also dwarves. And they're also dwarves. And they also slut-shame each other. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one more, but I'm going to go uh, throw it back to you. Yeah, one more story after yeah. this? Okay, one more present on the tree? Yes. All right. I got another one here. Ooh, ah. Okay. This is a pretty lovey-dovey one. This is cute. Got some nice, nice uh, purple. Ooh. It's called "And They Lived Happily Ever After." Aww. It's by Ash Angel one zero one zero one zero on Archive of Our Own. Summary: On the eve of Life Day, Emperor Palpatine and his Imperial consort spend time with their grandson. Wait, is this going to be a, another sweet one about Palpatine? Yes. Why do people like writing sweet I had, stories I about gave, Sheev Palpatine? I gave you the sweet story last year with him and his little baby Thrawn. This is a sweet one with his Imperial consort. Now, is he uh, going to break the sound barrier? Again? The consort's name is Sate, and I don't think we see him in. I, we see him in the movies, but he doesn't talk. He's one of those guys. Who like is in the throne room at the Return of the Jedi? Like those you know, weird, like, creepy white face guys, and like consort. Do they mean console? Because consort they mean, implies that they are effing. Well, they are effing, but I think he also means console. Console because because okay. like it's those guys with like the white faces where that one Yahoo Answers guy was, or like uh, a Force Net guy was like. Do you think those guys are homos? Remember that one? <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. So imagine one of those guys. Uh, this movie. This one actually has a theme song. The main theme is suggested is "Night Comes On" by Leonard Cohen. So let's see what that sounds All right. like. Nice. It's very low key. It's kind of a down down tempo. Low key. Very nice. I went down to the place where I knew she lay waiting under the marble and the snow. I'll put instrumental Okay, so this is a song about, like, going to your mother's grave. So I'm curious to see how that is reflected in this fic. Okay, let's let's get this start. Sate Palpatine is pinned in place at the very edge of the wood bed by a paradoxical weight. Light as a starbird's feather, yet as imposing as the executor, his soulmate's head lays upon his naked chest. Uh, There's no escape from the triple layer of crimson sheets wrapped around them tighter than a noose. uh, And for 54 years, he never once dreamt of escape. These guys have been humping for 54 years? His emperor, his husband, blinks at him like a serpent waking from his long summer in the court gardens. Good morning, he whispers. Sometimes he can convince his husband to lie here for another hour together, perhaps more. If you lay here, if you just lay here... (laughs) 
Armitage is here. Sate sticks up quickly and sees her newly five-year-old grandson curled on a crimson, gort-feathered stuffed pillow on the other side of an emperor-sized bed. He's wrapped up by a white thermal blanket with black stars. He looked down to see his husband's frown. A blanket! A blanket that would be a clone trooper's issue if not for the garish design! His golden eyes flash like lightning. There's probably a story behind it, perhaps related to the Sith of the Unknown Regions. The Golden Fury abates. For now. I doubt it. Sorry, he doesn't like the blanket? Uh, I guess. It's, <laughs> if, what upsets him about the blanket? If Rama and Armitage. Now, Rama, uh, I should mention, in, in the extended universe, that's another name for Triclops. Oh my gosh. Okay, so yeah. he's, so Triclops exists. His yeah. son Triclops exists. I doubt it. If Rama and Armitage. And Armitage, again, this is Hux's first name. Oh, I forgot his first name is Armitage. This is, this is five-year-old Hux. But it's like... Oh, wait, what? Hux yeah. is his grandson in this? In this story, yes. I also, doubt it. Oh if Armitage and Ronald so fond of that man, his husband's thin lips pulled into a sneer. Sate gives him a lingering kiss on his husband's imperfect bedhead. Oh. How about some sparring to work out your frustrations, my Naboo? Sate offers like a glass of blossom wine, and his husband <sighs> mulls over it for a moment with pursed lips. In five minutes. Those golden <laughs> I have him talking like Emperor Palpatine the whole time. Those golden eyes rest upon Armitage's drooling face, and Sate's eye, dark yeah. eyes join him. So they go, they, they have like a stupid little like mock duel with Armitage. The little Hux is Are fighting. they like in their 70s? Because it says they've been together for 54 years. Yeah. So then they get ready to go to the opera. The trio depart for the galaxy's opera house, where hundreds of thousands of Coruscant's most elite families have gathered. They're here to show the Emperor and his Imperial consort how their children deserve the glory to be part of the Imperial family. Sate sees that the youngest scion of the Mahdi family about to interact with Armitage, but then he's stopped by a member of the second most powerful family in the Empire. Kylo! Armitage's face lights up as brightly as the opera house dozens of chandeliers when he spots his best friend. No, but wait, no! Kylo Amidala Skywalker is dressed in black robes with a black cape, made infamous by his grandfather and traditional Naboo ruff. Wait, 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 wait. First of all, Hux and Kylo Ren are not best friends. Second of all, his middle name is Amidala? Third of all, Kylo Amidala his, Skywalker. his name is not Kylo Skywalker, it's Ben Solo. No, he's, Kami, he's Kylo Amidala Skywalker. That's and not he, his name. And he's, and he's Hux's best friend. But that's wrong. Like, every <laughs> single part of that is wrong. Maybe it's right. Maybe I should keep going. Maybe, Maybe it's you'll find so out. wrong it's right. Now, I remember he also mentioned Mati. Mati being like the storm, the uh, the officer that gets choked out in uh-huh, New yeah, Hope, like yeah. like Tarky's cousin. Yeah, Tarko's cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or his like cousin-in-law. There's like a little Mati running around too. So. Yeah. The crowd step aside to let Vader's grandson through. Kylo ignores the poisonous glare that the youngest Mati sends his way, as anyone with his royal pedigree would. Armitage, you look quite entrancing this morning. Nobody says that when they're a kid. Saint nearly flinches at the word choice, while his husband tactically shows none of his disgust at the juvenile flirting. Ah, thank you, Kylo. You look... Armitage pauses like he's trying to solve a difficult puzzle. Gallant! Are they like five? I'll see you at the life day party! Five-year-olds don't flirt? What the hell? Armitage whispers into Kylo's ear as he hugs him. Kylo hugs him back and gives a rather neutral smile to the Emperor and his Imperial consort. I get this feeling they won't wait until 24 to get married. Sate glances over and sees the grimace set in his husband's... I get this feeling they're effing already! (laughs) Five-year-olds. Sate glances over and sees the grimace on his husband's exquisite pale lips, silently, dreadfully agreeing with him. Oh, they're not exquisite. Come on. Kylo gives a conciliatory nod before making his way back to his family's box. Armitage practically skipping with joy as the Imperial family adjourn to their box. Sate watches his husband 
grin for half the opera, but then sneers whenever he glances over at the Amidala Skywalker box and sees Kylo staring at Armitage. It is during those times that Sate does the only thing he can do, hold his true love's hand in the dark and squeeze reassuringly. What kind of, like, freak-ass five-year-old is Kylo that, A, he's, like, hitting on another five-year-old, and, like, B, like, that five-year-old's grandpa thinks she's actually a threat? <laughs> but Sate is just squeezing- He's gonna me- knock up my baby! He's just squeezing Palpatine's hand reassuringly. There, 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 It's okay, there, my, my it's okay Palpy. My, oh, my let Naboo. See, let me see that smile on your exquisite lips. <laughs> your exquisite old man lips. Bit of a jump forward here. I skip some stuff. Uh, and it's the middle of the night. Sate watches his husband through his half-moon readers, having long ago given up reading his data pad that their son spent month collating. His husband, on the other hand, had no plans of putting down the data pad. His academia blood won't allow it. So basically, uh, Palpatine's reading with like little half-moon classes. <laughs> <laughs> Not a data pad, because that's like the iPad version of this. I right? like to believe that he's reading like the SCP Foundation or something. Sate says, It's a stairway that never ends! You keep going down and it never ends! Oh my god. Merry Life Day. His husband looks at his chrono on the black marble nightstand. So it is. He returns to his reading like the persistent scholar that he is. I just need to finish this section on the Yuzan Vong caste system. It's quite similar to the one the Jedi had. Okay, my Naboo. He goes to plant a kiss on his forehead, but his husband has a surprise for him. His husband <laughs> turns his head and kisses him. <gasps> what a surprise. You've been so patient today. And is life day. So it is. And he kisses back. Oh my god. Happily ever after. Ryan, that was like easily the grossest <laughs> story. Like, we've read like some really serious. What's the ones. matter with old men just having love? You don't like old men having love? Old men can't love? I don't need to read about it. Old men can't be in love and squeeze each other's hands reassuringly and give each other sweet think, kisses? And, and I could be wrong because, like, obviously everybody's different. But I, when you're that old, like, I don't think it's quite that syrupy. Okay. Like, it's a little bit gross to be over the age of, like, 23 and being, like, that gross. Well, that's syrupy. Again, I think, you're, I think you're just, just, just... Please don't call Emperor Palpatine's lips exquisite. You're slut-shaming old men, come on. <laughs> slut-shaming these married old men who have been married for 54 <laughs> years. Anyway, that was a fun extended universe adventure. Now, Ryan... You have one more gift on the tree, I see there. I do. And this one is going to be revenge for what you just read. <laughs> okay. I mean, it wasn't a present for you. That was just one I got, you know. No, that was the, what's the opposite of a present? Um, a curse? A curse, yeah. <laughs> that was cursed. Uh, it was the most cursed story. This is also a very, very cursed story. Okay. This is called Hobbit Interrupted. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. All right. Lay it on me. Now, you might figure out partway through where this is going, but I want you to pretend that you don't, okay? Frodo couldn't believe that he'd allowed himself to get talked into this, but he was the ring bearer, and Aragorn and Gandalf were going to be there, as well as Arwen and Eowyn and Faramir, and all the other friends he'd made on his travels. He couldn't let them down, though no doubt his current condition was going to stir up some comment, if only by the humans. Sam knocked finally, and Frodo knew that he had no choice but to open the door. Come in, Sam. Sam peered around the door and then came in. He was dressed in brand new clothes and even his buttons were shining brightly, which made Frodo smile, imagining the care Rosie had taken over them. So Sam and Frodo not dating in this. Okay, they're just pals. Yes. Mr. Frodo, you look... fat. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry? (laughs) Is that a Joanna edition? No, that was Frodo. (laughs) Fat. (laughs) Very smart, I was going to say. Very smart indeed. Sam followed up his words by helping Frodo to straighten his waistcoat and and his cravat. 
Aragorn has just arrived and Pippin's already started in on the drink. He gave a very good impression of a drunken Pippin and Frodo had to hold his sides to keep the laughter in. Oh, Sam. He sighed and tried to put a brave smile on his face. I suppose we have no choice but to go out there. Hmm. All right, so here's sometime later at the party. Frodo was relieved. The meal had not been as taxing as he thought it would be, and in fact had hardly been an ordeal at all. The elves had turned up with due fanfare, and Gandalf had relented to Merry and Pippin's pleas and released some beautiful fireworks in the garden. Frodo was still debating whether he could get Sam to create a distraction in order for him to slip past Aragorn when he felt a wetness between his legs. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, he murmured. Oh, no. <laughs> He hadn't spoken very loudly, but Aragorn was at his side immediately. Stop it. it started. <laughs> Frodo dumbly nodded. No amount of knowing that this moment oh, was approaching no. was able to make it any less terrifying. Aragorn placed a gentle hand on Frodo's back and steered him towards one of the house's spare rooms. Aragorn, Frodo asked, his voice trembling. Aragorn, is, is the baby all right? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Don't worry, Frodo, Aragorn <laughs> said, patting absently at one of Frodo's legs. The baby looks fine. Now, I'm going to need okay. you to push. You buried the lead there that Frodo's pregnant with Aragorn's baby. Is this what I'm supposed to imply? I don't know if it's Aragorn. This this book, I mean, this story is very confusing. Okay, I guess he's buried the lead that he's pregnant. Yeah, I did bury that lead, although he does say fat. He did. Okay. All right. You um, got me there. Is, so this is one of the... Do you remember last year there was that one... Um, person i mentioned on ao3 called lily baggins who just commissioned so many mpreg and medical fetish is this one of hers this is like the tamest one and i cut out like oh the, wow the, okay the grossest returning part. favorite yes 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 uh don't worry the baby looks fine now i'm going to need you to push aragorn i don't think i don't think i can yes you can frodo <laughs> you are the ring bearer <laughs> these are good at pushing you can do this. ring bearers are so good at pushing <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> All right. So Frodo opened his eyes then and stared at his friend. Aragorn had always been there for him, and now was no exception. He nodded and gave his final push. So is Aragorn a doula or something? Like Aragorn is his doula. Right. Aragorn is his midwife. Oh my a god. <laughs> well, if you read Lord of the Rings, the book Lord of the Rings, like Aragorn is a healer in that. He is like the king's Oh, okay, okay. So he's apparently also good at delivering um, babies from uh, hobbits with no wombs or vaginas, seemingly. Although I did cut it out, but this story does mention that uh, Frodo has temporarily gotten a vagina. Uh, okay, I'm glad they covered they that. They have to, because otherwise you'd be like, this story's so unrealistic. Yeah, okay. I mean, I mean I was, it, it already kind of like suspended my belief for a little bit, but yes. I'll, I'll keep it up. All right, here we go. It was a baby boy. He was perfectly formed with just, This is such a weird stipulation. All right. With just the right number of fingers and toes. 20. 20. Just the right number. And a beautiful mop of brown hair. Frodo fell in love immediately. So it wasn't a ginger man. It was not a ginger man. It was a baby. We don't know where it came from, but he gave birth to it at Rivendell with uh, Aragorn as his doula on Christmas. Holy moly. Can you believe that? I can't. And that's Hobbit Interrupted, written for Lily Baggins. <laughs> Lily Baggins. Lily Baggins, I respect her. She I mean, knows what she likes, and what she likes is like Frodo, Empreg, and medical fetish. I mean, honestly, fiction. Lily Baggins... Like, respect, because you're keeping our Christmas episodes afloat. Like, so. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I would never have been able to get adequate revenge for that freaking like, elderly Palpatine sex <laughs> that you just read. Well, I guess they didn't have sex. Yeah. I feel like what they did was worse. All right. I got another pre- one more present here, looks like. All right, last uh, present. It's, like, cover. It's wrapped in, like, old newspapers, and it smells like piss. Ugh. Why is it- Is this so- one our cat wrapped? 
Oh, ew. Uh, it's my fan. Why is it so sticky? I hate this. Oh my god. All right. I'm really trepidatious about this one. Oh, this is one from our one of our friends from last year. Um, I don't know if you remember. We had a story from a uh, a a wonderful writer called Star Wars Fan Twenty who had that long rambling like. Huck's going home for Christmas with Kylo. Oh yeah, they were there together. Now she right? has another spinoff series called "Our Little Family: A Kylo Story." Now, "our" is not how you would normally spell it. It is spelled A R E. So, "Our Little Family: <laughs> A Kylo." All right, so that already bodes well for this story. It is um, literally the first word in the entire story is wrong. So now, the description good. of the whole like she has many stories in this series, and they're all really short. But I'll read the description because I think it'll set the scene for this whole thing. Okay, I'm ready. What happens when two boys went to the same nursery and school and then got married and then they had kids? I read about one of their kids who had autism and learning disabilities. These two boys were Armitage Tux and Ben Solo, better known as Kylo Ren. And the two kids, one a girl called Natalie, their daughter has special needs and her brother does not. And another boy <laughs> called Billy Natalie is like her mother, Armitage Hux. She has red hair and Billy had black hair like his dad, Kylo Ren. Armitage Hux is a man who trapped a woman's body and Kylo is not... Not what? he, not, what? but he loves his transgender what? husband, wife. I support the LGBT oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. cause because like, they are human rights and who they we are. And Harry Styles supports the LGBT community. Wait, that was the summary? Yeah. Okay, so first of all, you don't need to read the story now. No, okay, you know exactly this is about. Also, I love the fact, like the fact that they voiced their support for trans folks right there in the summary, but only because Harry Styles supports no, trans. No, folks. no, no, they don't, they don't support. They sport. Oh, they sport. They sport. The I'm sorry, they hunt them for sports. Yeah. <laughs> the now, most dangerous game. Now, this is the description of like all the different chapters she made. She made like 20 of these, and they're all like a paragraph long. And so okay. this is a Christmas special one with for uh, our family, a Kylux story. So today was Christmas Eve, and me and my husband slash wife were getting ready for Christmas Day tomorrow. Me and my husband slash wife. Because remember, be respectful. Because Kylo is, uh, Arm- Hux is a man who is trapped in a woman's body. So, uh, Which they specified is not like some weird sp- Bell by the witches yeah. of Dathomir, like his he is a trans. Hux is a transgender woman. Listen, they, they, they or, or a transgender listen, man. They support the LGBT community here. They so support I, them. I'm so confused. So today was Christmas Eve, and me and my husband slash wife were getting ready for Christmas Day tomorrow. So we had to sort out Christmas dinner, and nibbles, and gifts for our kids. Natalie did a lot this morning. She stripped her bed before washing the machine, and then put new covers on. <laughs> she hovered and window vacuumed her window. Then she helped her mom slash dad with the bread for the bread sauce, with and the then bread. she and her brother carried downstairs the nibbles and presents to put under the tree for Christmas Day. We was impressed with her helping out. Author's note: Hey, so it is me, Star Wars fan twenty. Uh, here, so tomorrow is Christmas Day. Woohoo! Can't wait until then. So happy Christmas to all, and may the Force be with you always. And this Sunday, Star Wars: The Force Awakens is on at 8 p.m. Let me summarize this story. It's Christmas. Yeah. Hux is Kylo's husband slash wife, which is a super respectful way to refer to your transgender partner. Um, and Natalie stripped her bed, and they brought some nibbles down for Christmas. Yeah. You see, there's clear rising action, no. climax, and falling action there. Yeah. It is. A page turner. That story sucked. I can't end on that one. It really. Hang sucked. on, hang on. Wait, is there the tree. One, more? one more, one more. Oh, it's all the way in the back. I oh. didn't even see it. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't see it. It's kind of like the other one. It's it's also kind of red and spiky. Ooh, what? What's, what what's could this, this possibly oh, be? Oh, Just like oh. the echidna. It's Darth Maul X Teen Reader Part Two. Sandy Claws. I'm sorry. There's a part two. Yes. <laughs> It's Christmas Eve and all the decorations are out on full display with much help obliged to Maul, specifically with using the force to set up anything without the use of a trembling ladder. The two of you are watching Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas, a complete the turn for Maul. we are! First of all, Darth <laughs> Maul's not going to watch this. Second of all, I'm not going to watch. Well, hang on. Wait, is this on. like the, the, the like live action? Oh, hold on, I'll watch. Okay, yeah. that's fine. 
Uh, a complete turn from Maul after watching the original short film as opposed to the live action movie, he even questioned what sort of alien creature the Grinch is, followed by you having to explain that he was a man in the full costume and makeup. During the commercials, Maul asks his questions as not to miss or interrupt the movie playing on the television. Oh, God knows. The, the plot of The Grinch Stole Christmas is <laughs> super complex. You can't miss a second. His new questions are about like the... memento. <laughs> his new questions are about the red-suited man. Joanna, how does this Santa Claus's sleigh work? Well, Darth It's Maul... like a wagon to be pulled by herd animals, yet it has the ability to fly. Why is that? Well, Darth Maul... <laughs> Let me tell you. Santa's not real. Well, you would say, oh, um, because he has flying reindeer. Then why not make the sleigh have flying capabilities as well? That way he doesn't have to fly what little strength the reindeer may have from his travels, and better his speed point. from house to house. Well, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen Santa or his sleigh before. Maul nodded in understanding, but you could tell he was still not sure about the authenticity of this jolly old man. After many questions from Maul and the end credits rolling across the screen, you and Maul got ready to go to bed for a good night's sleep before Christmas morning. But for shutting off your light in your room, you shuffled over to Maul and wrapped your arms around his middle. Sweet dreams, Maul, you cooed. I don't understand. Make sure, make sure you sleep. Tomorrow's going to be great. I just know it. Is he, like, supposed to be my friend? Is he supposed to be, like, my slightly stupid cousin that I have to try and, like, It's up to you, be kind your to? name. I don't understand. Like, this is very sinister because, like, I'm only a teen and I think he's <laughs> older than a teen. It took him a moment, as it usually did, but his arms eventually made it around you as well. A small gesture that he was slowly getting accustomed to. You woke up, not particularly knowing why. Maul, you whispered, waiting for another moment for a response, but none came. Meanwhile, in the he living died. room, Maul was crouching down beside the couch. His intentions were sure. He wanted to make sure that this Santa Claus was only to arrive to give presents, eat the cookies, drink the milk, and leave. Nothing more and nothing less. You and your family's safety was now the priority, while this red-suited intruder entered the around. premises. <laughs> Maul, you whispered at him, tiptoeing a few feet over and quickly as you could toward him. You lashed your hands around his wrist and began dragging him back over to the hallway. By this rate, Santa might as well skip your house. And then it happened. A peculiar thud of boots landed on the floor. He had to use all your weight to hold onto Maul's arm to keep him at bay. There in the dark of the room, the decorations lit up the room, twinkling bright lights beautifully arranged as a figure with a large bag stepped over to the tree. <gasps> Peeking back onto the living room, you see the back of a red coat and a large set man who is currently taking out a present of choice. <laughs> I can pick anything? Yes. A Nintendo 64! A large set man is currently taking out a Nintendo 64! Out of his matching red bag. The figure dressed in red stood up, and as he turned around, Maul tackle rolls with you behind the couch, keeping you safe and hidden in his arms. You know, I know if you're sleeping and I know if you're awake, so if you can't really hide behind the couch, says his amused voice. He peeked over behind the couch. Busted. That goes for you too, Sith boy! Maul pokes his head up over the couch as well, curious as to what sort of powers this man has. Maul, the reader whispers wide-eyed. Santa looks like Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Good man, Santa nodded. Always on my nice list. Really? I think Tim Allen's had a few run-ins with the law. He's kind of a shipper these days. I think he's like kind of an alcoholic, too. He heard me. And I can still hear you. Oh, 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 Santa whispered back with a chuckle. Does this mean I have to go back to bed, he whispered a little louder? If you want the other gift you asked for, yes, Santa smiled. Maul growled. Whoa, now! You've been doing good. Don't change now, Maul! Come on, Maul! You pulled him by the arm back toward the hallway to the bedrooms. Maul growled lightly again, but Santa held out a stern finger. Ah, ah, ah! Maul sighed and followed behind you. Good night, Santa! He waved cheerfully from the hallway. And Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, Joanna! And you too, Maul! Santa smiled kindly. Maul's eyelid twitched, but he nodded solidly in agreement before being whisked back to your shared bedroom. Good kid, good intentions, Santa nodded, placing the last of the gifts under the tree before retreating the house entirely. It was finally morning, and you were set to go and check out the presents, but someone in particular was still sound asleep. 
Wake up! It's Christmas! Like a jack-in-the-box, Maul sprung up in bed, much to your amusement. Sup, sleepyhead! He smirked smugly. Must you? Maul asked, rubbing his sleep from his eyes. It's my job! Now come on! He smiled cheekily. Setting aside your... Nintendo 64! You crawled to the back of the tree, grabbing a hold of the still-wrapped presents. I found the last one, you commented with a twinkle in your eye, sitting promptly in front of Maul. You grinned, pushing the oddly-shaped present towards him. He looked down at the present, and then back up at you, and back again, puzzled. His yellow eyes landed on a small green card. Opening it, it read, Maul, you weren't exactly on the nice list, but someone special thought that you deserved a happy first Christmas. <laughs> Great, not a so in the, the spirit of the season, and you being that it was Joanna's wish, here's a gift and token of her friendship to you. Sincerely, Santa Claus. Merry Christmas! So, like, all Hitler would need is one friend to like <laughs> him to end up on Santa's good list. I guess. Maul grasped the wrapping paper in one masterful swipe from both his hands. He ripped the wrapping paper right off. Oh, that swipe was masterful. Revealing a basket full of bubble bath and other toiletries. And, he, and to his adoring taste palette, a box of assorted holiday meats. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, Santa. Maul! Sorry, so on my request, Santa gave Darth Maul bubble bath and meats. <laughs> You threw your hands up in the air. Maul shook his head and gave a hearty chuckle, hugging you, saying, Merry Christmas, Joanna. You giggled happily and, had, and you had succeeded in giving Maul a great Christmas, and hearing him laugh was just the icing on the cake. Wow. The end. Wow. There's so much. There's so <laughs> much that I don't like about that story. <laughs> I don't like how they randomly stabbed Tim Allen in the middle of it. And they, have, yeah, uh, I don't like how Santa is just like, so easily swayed to put somebody on the naughty list, um, like or to put somebody on the nice list just because one person asked. Yep. He is giving presents not only to Kylo Ren and First Order, which are like mass murderers. Also, Darth Maul literally killed a man. Yeah. Because I yeah. was like, oh, he's all right. Santa's like, here's some bubble bath and meats. Good kid, he said. I, I think the visuals are really funny to see Santa wait, waggling his finger at Darth Maul being, oh, 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 and like Maul opening a big basket of meat <laughs> and bubble bath <laughs> so much salami and bath bombs but those are the stories i have for this year in the fanfic festive extravaganza festival god bless us everyone good stories well we're probably not gonna have a new episode until the new year but i uh, hope you enjoyed this year of silly podcasts thanks for listening all this time and sitting through our stupid ass stories we dug up from the internet uh and hope you listen to more in the coming year so that's all that's, that's all i have to say that's i think Ryan summed it up yeah we appreciate you thank you thank you i hope somebody gives you a basket of festive holiday meats yeah yeah or a ginger man yeah 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 merry christmas happy holidays oh ho ho